and uh, Mehru Hassan and Rifat Hassan are with us, and Mehru's doing a documentary on the face of America and Louisville, and we're part of that face, apparently. <laughs> so, um, I thank her for her service, her beautiful intention. And, um, so, just ignore her. <laughs> and I have a question. Is anybody who doesn't want to be filmed to be on this side uh, versus that side? Because when I'm filming, it's kind of going all the way around. So anybody have an objection to sort of stay on this side? So, alhamdulillah, just come back from the of lovers and um, to this Kaaba of lovers because what's in Konya is also here what's here is in Konya but it became clear once again what an extraordinary place it is and how people flock to it to uh, be recharged to dissolve separation you know, there are Sunnis and Shias there, lots of both, but nobody asks, what are you? Uh, there are Muslims and non-Muslims, and nobody really asks, what are you? Uh, it's really built on the realization that I am you, and you are me, experience of unity, there's a kind of love and a beautiful energy that uh, really just draws people. And for people who aren't fortunate enough to have a circle like this, I heard some of them say, you know, I just come here every year just because this recharges me, this is and the rest of my year is a desert, but when I come here, I'm just in the midst of all of this, this something. And uh, on a couple of different occasions during the Purs, uh, or as they call it, Shebi Arus, the night of the, the wedding night, on during Fajr prayer at the tomb of and Masjid of Shamsi Tabriz, it's packed wall to wall people barely space to do a prostration. It's just like sardines. And yet everybody is so gentle and uh, making space for each other. Reminds me of the ayat in the Quran that says, make space for one another and Allah will make space for you. And then on two o'clock the afternoon of the 17th, uh, even more people crowd into the mm. Tour Bay of Medlana. I don't know how, how many thousands sit in there, but thousands anyway. Again, it's, and they just stand there for two hours waiting for some, some prayers to be said at the end. And everybody, again, is just patient and standing there, and it's not even very warm. And, uh, but it's, you know, has this beautiful loving energy that people come from all parts of the world to just uh, 
imbibe. Um, so there's something that is something very alive there. Is it the place? Is it the, something about the earth there? Is it what Medlana and generations have been able to establish vibrationally? It's probably all of those things. Uh, I do believe it's a place conducive to uh, spiritual transformation, but it also has to be sustained. It also has to be, in a way, nourished by human consciousness and, and the human heart. So it's happening there, and it was happening all over the world, as various groups also had small semas here and there. We know of many ourselves, and, and uh, the, the seeds of love have been strewn all over the world, and they haven't died. They keep flourishing. Um, but it's also good to be back. And today I wanted to speak, or at least mention, two very simple things to remind us that the foundation of our way is in the Allah, the remembrance of God. Um, the remembrance with the divine name exists in many traditions and it's also central in our tradition as we remember the divine name whatever name it may be we come into resonance with the divine reality which is the name and the name is the reality the name and the name are one it's said in, in the tradition um, so you all know that Practice it, deepen in it, do it more and more under all circumstances. And your consciousness, your love will increase, even your intelligence will increase. You wouldn't think so from saying Allah, Allah, Allah. But actually, even the brain seems to like it. It kind of gives the brain a rest. It gives the brain some space um, to be quiet, to be focused, to be intentional within this wider field of remembrance and awareness. So if we cultivate that and we remember more and more to practice, then something else happens. And the something else is tawakul trust. And to live this life with trust is very different than living it in confusion and doubt, anxiety or fear. But this trust um, comes spontaneously and naturally out of remembrance because we feel the Divine Presence. We feel that we are literally in the hands of God and that's all that matters. The trust is not that, you know, you're going to manifest quantum affluence by your affirmations. It doesn't necessarily mean that. And some New Age teachers may tell us. Uh, it may, it may not. 
but what we can, what we trust in is that whatever happens, whatever events unfold in our lives, that those events will be uh, teaching for the soul and um, maturing of the soul and uh, a benefit for the heart and soul. And um, so remembrance and trust are together. And the more we have of one, the more we give ourselves to one, the more of the other just naturally arises um, until it literally doesn't matter whether you live or die. It's all the same. And, um, but you, of course, become a servant of life. It's just the natural, also, the natural course of things because you're connecting to the source of life in remembrance. You connect to the source of life. And then service is not even a should. It's not a moral imperative. It is just the natural outflowing of that connection. Um, <clears throat> we have a theme this month which is Sufi chivalry is a virtuous act in which you do not see yourself in the act. So ponder that and, uh, and forget yourself in the process. I thought I would share with us um, some words of Medlana because we're coming to the end of the year and this is the end of, almost the end of book one and it's Medlana's description of the liberated human being. And it's the story of Ali in battle. It comes at the end of book one as the sort of quintessence of the whole process of spiritual transformation. First half of this I realized today the first half of this was translated 40 years ago. The second half was translated or really just I'd say paraphrased more like it today. <coughs> because I didn't include the second half the first time I went through, I didn't realize the importance of the second half. you read as far as can the river contain the sea? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Words of Ali when he refused to kill an opponent who spat in his face. For God's sake, for reality whose slave I am, I wield this sword. The body does not command me. 
Nor does the lion of craving overcome the lion of God. Like a sword wielded by the sun, I embody these words in war. Thou didst not throw when thou threwest. I've dropped the baggage of self. That which is not God is nothing. God is the sun, and I am a shadow. Jeweled with the pearls of union, my sword brings life in battle, not death. Blood will not dull my shining sword, nor will the wind blow my sky away. I am not chaff, but a mountain of patience. What fierce wind could lift a mountain? What the wind blows away is trash, and winds blow from every side. The winds of anger, lust, and greed carry away those who do not keep the times of prayer. I am a mountain, and my being is his building. If I am tossed like a straw, it is his wind that moves me. Only his wind stirs my desires. My captain is love of the one. Anger is a king over kings, but anger once bridled may serve. A gentle sword struck the neck of anger. God's anger came on like mercy. My roof in ruins, I drown in light. Though called the father of dust, I have grown like a garden. And so I must put down my sword that my name might be he loves for God's sake, that my desire may be he hates for God's sake, that my generosity might be he gives for God's sake. My stinginess is for God as are my gifts. I belong to God, not to anyone else. And what I do is not a show not imagined, not thought up, but seen, set free from effort and searching, I have tied my sleeve to the cuff of God. If I am flying, I see where I fly. If I am whirling, I know the axis on which I turn. If I am dragging a burden, I know to where I am the moon and the sun is in front of me. I cannot tell the people more than this. Can the river contain the sea? Well, maybe you can see why I thought that this was enough.
I know of is there a better description of the state in here. What touches you or what do you find notable? It's a soul that's <clears throat> fully submitted and in union and every action or reaction, every act is in submission yes. and um, for the purpose of the, for a greater purpose than one's own desires and less and greed and all that. It's a perfect example of that. Mm. Like a fire burning without any smoke. You know, purely. And, uh, it's dynamic. It's in action. There's... I'll say some more. Anybody? Mm -hmm. Now we live in a culture which worships heroes. You're whatever turns into a hero. Mm -hmm. But this is a soul which would be classified as a hero in this culture, but not somebody who's in search of being a hero. I mean, if you look at Ali's life, the way he lived, during the life of the Prophet and afterwards, a reaction. Um, I mean, this there could be their myths that it, this life could be mythical, from and it, it is mm -hmm. mythical if one is into hero worshiping or forming cults of heroism or whatever. But here's a man who sought none of that uh, throughout his life and in every action. When he um, was with the Prophet, it was for the sake of the Prophet and for sake of God. After the Prophet's life never picked up the sword to do anything until he was forced to um, and live that way and died that way. But never behaved in the manner that modern cultures, I don't mean just this culture, I mean the world in general, um, as a hero portrayed or the way the hero acts, lived extremely humbly in every way possible. So it truly submitted in the soul and union. Yes, quite extraordinary if you know the story. I mean, outside of this page, it's, it's an incredible story. He was a humble water carrier in poverty. He was the greatest swordsman. He was the greatest orator. He was the greatest calligrapher. And, and more. So Mevlana chooses him and puts these words in his mouth to describe a state, a state of selflessness, 
that is at the same time a, a state of pure awareness and intention. You feel the himma in him. You feel that, you know, if I'm carrying a burden, I know to wear, he says. And, um, if I'm whirling, I know the axis on which I turn. That I've tied my, my sleeve to the cuff of God. I am the moon, and the sun is in front of me. So, you know the story, he was in battle. He was about to do the coup de grace of his young opponent, and the kid spit in his face, and Ali threw down his sword and said, I can't wield this sword in anger. You're free to go. You're released. And then a conversation ensued. Kill me if that's what you're going to do. And somehow, this was the state of Ali was caught, was caught by his young opponent, and that begins the second half. So, Camille, would you continue? Mm -hmm. If I speak according to the level of understanding, it's no fault. This is the practice of the prophet. I am free from self-interest. Hear the word of a free man. For the testimony of slaves is not worth two barley corns. In the religious law, the testimony of a slave has no value in the litigation and judgment. If thousands of slaves bear witness on your behalf, the law does not accept their testimony as worth a straw. In God's sight, the slave of craving is worse than a literal slave, for the latter is freed by a single word from his master, while the former lives sweet but dies bitterly. The slave of craving has no release at all, except through the favor of God. He has fallen into a bottomless pit of his own. It is not compulsion or injustice. He has cast himself into a pit so deep, I find no rope to reach its bottom. Let me bring this to an end. If this goes any further, not only hearts but rocks will bleed. If these hearts have not bled, it is not because they are too hard, but from perplexity, confusion, and misfortune. But they will bleed one day when blood is of no use to them. Bleed at a time when blood no longer matters. Inasmuch as the testimony of slaves is not accepted, the approved witness is someone that is not the slave of the ego. We have sent you as a witness, came in the warning, to the one who is entirely free from self-existence. Since I am free, how should anger bind me? Nothing is here but divine qualities. Come in. 
come in, for the grace of God has made you free, because his mercy had the precedence over his wrath. Come in now, for you have escaped from danger. You were a stone, the elixir has made you a jewel. You have been delivered from the thorn thicket of Kofr. Blossom like a rose in the cypress garden of Hu. You are I and I am you. I am happy with you. You are Ali. How should I kill Ali? You have committed a sin better than any act of piety. You have traversed heaven in a single moment. How fortunate was the sin this man committed. Do not rose petals spring from a thorn? Wasn't the sin of Omar, as he set out to kill the prophet, leading him to the gate of acceptance? Come in, I open the door to you. You spat at me and I gave you a gift. To the one who attacks me, I lay my head before you. What then do I bestow on the door of goodness? I bestow treasures and kingdoms everlasting. So we have sent you as a witness, came in the warning. That's, of course, an ayat from the Quran, and the warning is another synonym for the Quran. And it all refers to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So the first section is a description of and a consideration of slavery. In the state of the slave, that is the, the literal slave, the slave of craving, while Ali himself is claiming to be a slave. But then in the second part, or it's actually the third part, uh, he talks about there's nothing here but divine qualities. We were saying earlier that if we do the zikr with continuity, and deeply, then you are the divine name. And then this extraordinary uh, idea here in the final part that this, this young man's attempt to kill Ali and finally to spit in his face turns out to be uh, the act that brings him into communion with the state of Ali and leads to his transformation. That's pretty mysterious. That's uh, the unlikely evidence of how the divine is so comprehensively merciful at certain times that even our worst acts become 
the opportunity or the moment of transformation. You spat at me and I gave you a gift. But Ali is saying, come in. I open the door to you. Come into my state. You are Ali and I am you. How can I kill Ali? You've been delivered from the thorn thicket of Kufr, the thorn thicket of denial. Blossom like a rose in the cypress garden of who? Having returned from Konya recently, and I'll just reiterate it, and this, mm -hmm. and this is Konya too. Um, all of this is alive and well. All of this is true. All of this is happening as we speak. Or the story of Omar, who had heard that his sister was hanging out with Muhammad and reading something called the Quran, and he got really pissed off. And he put on his sword and he went over there fully intent on chopping off Muhammad's head. And he, you know, barged through the door, went striding as only Omar could across the floor, ready to finish Muhammad. And, um, but the Quran recitation was going, and as he crossed the floor, and he heard its words for the first time, he crumpled, and he fell in meekness on the lap of Muhammad. stone. This elixir has made you a jewel. Come in now, for you have escaped from danger. I'm dwelling less on the deep pit of uh, the slave of craving in the second section. Study that a little bit more later. That's the contrast. We can also um, dig that pit for ourselves. And what was it about this young man that, on the one hand, he was he was a warrior, and he was also on the wrong side, you could say, of the battle, like many warriors today, like most warriors today on the wrong side of the battle, whatever side they're on. And yet there had to be something, some karma there for him, some, something by the grace of God that uh, made him eligible for this transformation.
any comments? Any further thoughts? trying to marry the poetic to the practical. There's a lot in here that is practical, that is a descriptive. It's, it's a story. For one thing, it's a story. Uh, it's actually history. But contained within it is the um, the metaphysical dimension that explains what's happening in the state, consciousness of this human being. Where does this, where does this action come from? Um, how can we lose this state? How can we sustain it? It strikes me that both of these stories, the young warrior um, doing battle with Ali and also uh, Omar wanting to kill Muhammad, in both cases uh, these people are devoting themselves entirely to what they consider to be right. Certainly the young man thought he was fighting on the right side and uh, he thought he was doing the right thing by um, by not surrendering to his opponent at, at the point of death. Um, and um, Omar thought he was doing the right thing um, to uh, interrupt what he considered to be an uh, inappropriate uh, communication going on. Um, and uh, Somehow I think that you know, perhaps there's something to be learned from the fact that these people were passionately um, carrying out their best understanding of right at the moment. Um, the, the stories are not about people who just didn't care and happened to be walking by when Ali was there. Yes. Well, that fierce energy of Omar, for instance, was transformed into uh, a profound sense of justice and impartiality when he became caliph. So there's an energy that was there that that energy itself was not to be killed, but that energy was to be used and transformed. So there's a lesson in that. We, one could make the mistake in the name of spirituality or religion of weakening the, um, the energies of the human being. So we can, you know, a certain aspect of the human being enough, it might almost appear as if spirit 
prevails because you've made the physical so weak, the physical and the emotional so weak. Um, but here, the physical, emotional was transformed by the spiritual and brought into service in the name of the spiritual. That's the key. Well, it brings us back again to remembrance and trust. Vikra law and tawakul. Trust. Which um, I remind us of this time as we're sliding into winter, as we are sliding into the unknown in so many ways. have within ourselves this uh, inner strength if we know where to find it. And we need to find it. <laughs>